a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's program, Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, episode 44 today. It's Valentine's Day, and there is a, a treat, at least for me, later on in today's program. I, in studio, am going to welcome my beautiful wife and brand new daughter. She and I met, uh, my wife that is, she and I met here in the KSL newsroom a number of years ago. Our, our story, at least to me, is pretty sweet, and we'd like to share it with you. That'll come up later on the program today. We're also going to talk about uh, an odd study. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. Uh, it has to do with, uh, it, it comes from Utah State University, and the study deals with how individuals would prefer to commute to work. Sounds simple enough? Well, there was a word in there that caught us up. It said, would you, one of the options was uh, teleportation. Teleportation. And when producer Amy presented to me that study this morning as we were discussing what we might uh, cover on the program today, I said, oh, that, you mean telecommuting, right? They're asking about telecommuting. And she's, oh, yeah, maybe so. And so we go through, we're reading this. And no, it turns out, no, USU is studying uh, whether or not individuals would like to use <laughs> teleportation. <laughs> teleportation like uh like in star trek teleportation to get to work uh legitimate study we tracked it down there is a professional researcher behind it patrick singleton will join us from utah state university later on today to uh talk to us about the exciting field of teleportation that's on today's uh friday episode of live mike uh to kick things off though i want to talk to you about voting you remember iowa uh, yeah, Iowa. They had their caucuses and they had relied uh, pretty squarely on a piece of uh, technology, an app, to communicate the votes at the different caucus locations to party headquarters. Uh, well, you know very well, because I've rambled on about it and ranted uh, and raved about this issue, that things didn't exactly work out up there in Iowa. Things went so poorly, in fact, that we just the day before last learned that the chairman of the Iowa Democratic Party would be stepping down. Uh, and I think that was a good move. Anyway, that has kind of revived uh, in our consciousness and awareness, this question of voting via electronic means, uh, via apps, specifically on the phone. And here, turns out in the state of Utah, there is an option to many voters. We spoke a, a while ago to uh, the CEO of a, a company called uh, Sarah Nimbus, the maker of an app called Caucus Click, which has been used in a number of Utah counties uh, during elections for the past eight years or so. Well, there's another one that they use down in Utah County. It's called Votes, and they are pretty clever with their spelling. V-O-A-T-Z. Votes. Uh, it's because, you know, app developers, they're that special kind of person. Uh, well, they have made this product available to, uh, it's a pilot program down in Utah County. And if you are actively serving uh, military personnel or their immediate family stationed uh, stateside or overseas, you are able to take advantage of this votes app down in Utah County. Also, any Utah County resident that will be overseas on Election Day, 
you are also able to use this app. And it is as simple as it seems. Instead of uh, appearing at a ballot box, instead of filling out a paper ballot, you are able to uh, make your uh, electoral decisions known via an app. Pretty simple. It, uh, if you're one of those smart people out there and you understand blockchain technology, I'll admit that I don't, but uh, it, it, it leans on and uses blockchain technology uh, for security and such. Well, those security measures, according to MIT, it turns out may not be as strong as would be required for a, uh, a app used to cast your ballot. The smart folks over at MIT, three of them, three researchers, Michael Spector, James Koppel, and uh, Daniel Weitzner, they put together this study. They took the app and they reverse engineered it. I, I don't I don't think I could reverse engineer a toaster, but these guys have reversed engineered a uh, an app, and they say that contained within this votes app are a number of vulnerabilities that if you are in a certain circumstance that your vote may be uh, discernible, it may be uh, able to be changed. So let's say there's some sort of uh, person with malintent. In their heart, they get up uh, near you as you are using your telephone and the votes app to, to cast your ballot. Uh, the claim is by the MIT folks that there are vulnerabilities there and that your vote could be compromised and changed and it would be uh, a terrible injustice to our democratic system. That is simply a, a trio of researchers at MIT. And it sounds like a pretty big deal. Uh, MIT, that's where the smart kids go. A lot of smart things come out of MIT, at least uh, we're supposed to believe. Anyway, turns out it's not the only side of that story. Votes, the company, came out with a, a statement themselves, and th- this is kind of funny. They they start the their statement with the following paragraph. Uh, the way these press releases work typically is there will be like a dateline. This one is Boston, uh, the date, February uh, 13th, just yesterday. And, and then there will be a, a brief paragraph that kind of puts in context the, the statement, which is coming later in the release. So here are the, the, the first words presented to us from the Votes company, the makers of this app used down in Utah County and elsewhere here in the country after this MIT study uh, was uh, released and then later reported by the New York Times. So this is fascinating. Votes is honored to be featured in the New York Times this morning in a story written by Pulitzer Prize winning reporter Matthew Rosenberg. Now, what Mr. Rosenberg wrote about in the New York Times, not exactly flattering. There's a little bit of tongue in cheek there with how uh, lavish they are with their uh, making it known they're honored to be featured in the New York Times this morning in a story. Anyway, uh, it's kind of funny. And they what they say is what they go through and share in reaction to these accusations that there are vulnerabilities in their app is that, no, hold on a second. Let's look at how this study was conducted. They claim votes that the three gentlemen over at MIT, when they engaged in this study, they first off, they took a version of this app, which is antiquated. And not only is it antiquated, it has never been used before. The guys at MIT reverse engineered something that was in the midst of development. And they may have observed some vulnerabilities in that, but that was something they plucked out of the research and development phase. The folks at Votes go on to make it known that they have, for years now, uh, conducted numerous, numerous elections without any compromises to security. Pretty slick operation they claim to have. So... 
Why am I bringing that up? There is an individual, a name that you know, uh, Jonathan Johnson, CEO of Overstock.com and also the president of Medici Ventures. I mentioned earlier in this segment that this technology, this app, Votes, used down in Utah County, relies and leans pretty strongly on blockchain technology. I don't pretend to understand blockchain. I've heard a number of people try to explain it to me. I've watched all the YouTube uh, explainer type videos. I have a, a very loose sense, but I won't pretend to be able to explain it to you now. Uh, Mr. Johnson, he understands it. And blockchain technology and the merits therein are behind the efforts of Medici Ventures. In his capacity as president of Medici Ventures, uh, who have done work alongside uh, this votes company that has made the app. Anyway, Mr. Johnson, he spoke out very strongly in defense of the app developers down there in Utah County. And more than that, he makes a, a fascinating point about how we cannot let what happened in Iowa scare us away from using technology uh, to further our democracy. We're going to speak to Mr. Johnson next here on the program. We're also going to look back at another CEO we spoke to on this very same issue. And he makes a similar point that things in Iowa should not be used to scare us away from technological advancements in the future. Jeremy Johnson, CEO of Overstock and president of Medici Ventures, is my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.